The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics And welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Mercer, do your thing. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, I just got to say, you know, today is the 20th. Normally we tape on Mondays, but, you know, we are, you know, life happens sometimes. And um, so today is the inauguration of uh, Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris as President and Vice President, and then of course Chuck Schumer takes over as uh, Majority Leader in the Senate. And I will say this: I had, and today's today's show is going to be a little bit haphazard, and also a little short, because I'll say this: I had this whole show put together about Trump, about all the trouble that he's in now, now that he's not president no more, uh, how his kids are having a hard time because uh, Ivanka supposedly wanted to stay in politics and uh, nobody wants her <laughs> or her idiot husband, you know, all this stuff. And I will say this, I had this whole thing planned out and then I remembered, oh yeah, Trump's not president no more, so who gives a shit? Like, why would I talk about well, Trump? Why don't you give us a mini blurb? You know what I'm saying? They just show us a direct contrast to where we were and where we are now. Well, I will say this, and it was really set upon basically all the stuff that, I mean, put it like this, with the Republicans, we can't really let them off the hook because now people are like, well, now that Trump is no longer president, uh, the fever is going to break and then they're just going to go back to normal. There was never really a normal with the Republicans at all. You figure yeah, like Yeah, but Trump really, but Trump took them off their leashes. I mean, I've seen some ugliness I've never seen from that party. There was at one point a consideration of myself to even, you know, party with some of the, you know, maybe break way with some of my Democratic ways and actually, you know, start voting for some um, Republicans, you know, like a mixed ticket or whatever. That will likely not ever happen in my lifetime now. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's like the divide is too far now for people to, exactly. to know that. Exactly. And then, now, I have people in my life who are Trump fans who voted for Trump twice, and I wouldn't turn my back on them. But as far as like meeting new people who are Trump supporters, yeah, okay. Uh, keep walking. <laughs> we got, we well, got. Well, and I'm just the opposite. And I'm just the opposite of that. I, if the people that were in my circle that steadfastly believed in Trump, I've never ever deleted anybody on Facebook before. <laughs> But I do put in a category where I necessarily can't see them. Facebook allows you to put people in different categories. And I just don't see their posts anymore. And I just don't see them anymore. They can still see what I do. I can't see what they do. You know what I'm saying? Unless I purposely go to that particular section, which I called, I called Trumpers. I, put, I called them Trump again. And so there's like 15 people in a Trump getting category. And if I post certain things, I can exclude the Trump again. Or if I don't want to see nobody anymore, I just block the Trump again from me seeing their posts. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. it really hurt me to my heart. Some of these, some of these people were my clinical supervisor at one time. Some of these people were considered my best friend when I was. I remember one guy. I used to be in this rap group called um, 
SCORN, S-C-O-R-N, Southern Coalition of Real Niggas. And we, you know, we had a lot of collaborations with a lot of um, rappers all across the world. And one of the rap groups was right down the street from us in Miami. And one of the rap groups was out of Miami, and he was headed by this one guy. And he was just such a hardcore trumper. But he's also a flat earther. So I should have, yeah. <laughs> And um, kind of goes together. It just threw me off like that. I said, "This homie was, you know, he was down, down, and this motherfucker's a trumper now. Man, fuck this dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's it's hard because it's not. And like I always say, it's not about well, I think the marginal tax rate should be here. No, it's about you're okay with racism, bigotry, and just flat out cruelty. That you're fine with that, and that's something that a lot of people can't get past. You know, there was a, a poll in the uh, in, in the post, right? Uh, I think it's Washington Post. So this is done. Then this is among Republicans. Okay, fifty-one percent of Republicans that were polled say that the GOP leaders didn't go far enough in nullifying the election. Fifty-six percent of Republicans say that Trump bears zero blame for the insurrection at the Capitol, and sixty-six percent say that that Trump has acted responsibly. I'm sorry. And this is after the events of the Capitol. So tell me again why we're why we're reaching out to these people. So I mean, the bulk of them still believe in Trump. There was an article I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. It just came on my feed while I was having dinner. But all these QAnon folks were like so disappointed that there wasn't a bloody revolution at Joe Biden's inauguration because they figured the plan was okay. All the Democrats are all together. So now the mob's going to come and execute them and then put Donald Trump back in power. That's not just some bullshit that you're just writing for a, a cartoon. They really believe that. And when it didn't happen, they were crushed. They were disappointed. Now, there were, uh, what was it? 20,000 National Guardsmen out there? I think it's 20,000. More than we have, there were more National Guardsmen in DC than we currently have in Iraq and Afghanistan right now. So. Uh, you figure like this, uh, all those dudes who ran over the Capitol Police, who were who were classically unprepared and half of them were helping them. Yeah, that wasn't happening. And you figure the National Guardsmen, there were some National Guardsmen whose allegiances were questioned. They were removed from the detail. So there were some that had like white nationalist ties and stuff like that. They were just like, OK, you can go home now. We don't need you here like messing stuff up. Like they were, they were serious about that, you know, that when they were vetting these cats. So yeah, they weren't, they weren't going to get shot. You figure a few people got killed. How, what do you think is going to happen with the National Guard? If you come up with that bullshit. So the fact that these people are uh, all for Trump still is, is just, it just lets you, know all you need to know about what you're dealing with you know figure it like this mitch mcconnell screwed up because remember one thing blue when ruth bader ginsburg died uh i don't even think her heart stopped beating before mitch mcconnell called a, a emergency session of congress and put in uh amy coney barrett or whatever the hell her name is right he, he got that together quick fast now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, articles of impeachment come through in the House. And now Mitch McConnell's just like, yeah, we'll just kick the can down the road. 
because McConnell is in a unique position to get rid of Trump forever. Because as of right, even though Trump's impeached, if he's not convicted, uh, he can actually run again in 2024. And if he runs again in 2024, he's going to win the nomination. That's for sure. So the fact that McConnell didn't get that trial together real quick before, you know, it's, you know, he, he's just looking to sidestep it all. To put it on Chuck Schumer and let him get all the blame. But the thing is, if they let him, if they uh, acquit him again, it's going to be horrible news for the Republicans. Because, you know, all the Republicans talk about is, oh, yeah, there were 74 million of us. Yeah, but here's the thing. There was 82 million of us. <laughs> so, you know, yes, Trump did get 12 million more people to vote for him this time around. But you figure the Democrats, it went from 65 million to like 80, like 84 million or something like that. So the fact that there are still people who are backing Trump and were just upset that there wasn't a bloody revolution in order to keep Trump in power like he's a, 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 a dictator just tells you all you need to know. So it is all you need to know. But enough about Trump because you figure, I'll put it like this, I'll talk about Trump again when the Southern State of New York arrests him. When he gets arrested, I'll talk about him. But now we don't need to talk about him no more. We've, we've been waiting five years to never have to talk about Trump again. I will say one thing before I go on to Joe Biden. One thing I thought was really funny, okay? You figure uh, Forbes magazine, which for the Republicans is like their Bible, right? Their editor put out a uh, statement and this is from a uh, business insider. Um, it says businesses that choose to hire Trump spokespeople. And we're talking about Sean Spicer, Kaylee McEnany and Kellyanne Conway. It says businesses that choose to hire Trump spokespeople will be held to close scrutiny. Forbes will assume that everything your company or firm talks about is a lie. And we're gonna scrutinize, double check, investigate with the same skepticism that we'd approach a Trump tweet. So there are already a lot of former Trump staffers who say they're having trouble finding work in government. Duh. Like, <laughs> I, I basically tell you what, go work for Trump regarding his billionaire enterprise since he, you know, he compromised your ability to get hired by anyone else. You know what I'm saying? If you were such a, since you're such a go hard, Go hard for him now, you dig? I mean, I don't know what they thought was going to happen. I really don't. <laughs> they thought they was going to get in there and then everything was going to be nice and easy. Nope, not at all. Now, I will say one thing. You know, I, I, I was going to send you a different article today, Blue, because I was reading in Axios. They had a, uh, a highlights of Joe Biden's uh, executive orders. So Joe Biden was supposed to sign 15 executive orders today, right? And then uh, in that article, they had a link to whitehouse.gov and it had them all pretty much in detail. And then when I went there this evening, when I was going to send you the link, it was taken down. 
but I, I found it on a uh, PBS.org has uh, a rundown of it. So it's 15 uh, executive orders that Joe Biden was had so was assigned today, right? Pause for a minute. No homo. Um, why do you think the White House site took them down? I, that kind of perplexed me. That I don't know. So, so I'm guessing that either all of them weren't signed. Maybe they had to be reworded. I don't know. You know, but they had a pretty detailed list of all the executive orders and then what they were supposed to be. I do. From what I read, from what I read, he did, he did a good, a good job of knocking down some things that really concerned me when Trump signed them into order. I was like, what, what, what? He said, with the swipe of a pen. He did that thing. I was very impressed by what he did. You know, like, I mean, you're going to talk about it. You're going to explore it, of course. But I was really impressed. I felt really good when I read that when I read that article. Article, mm-hmm. and that rarely ever happens these days. Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I joked to my friends on Facebook, and I'm like, I'm going to leave my dark cynicism off for a day. Tomorrow I'll start again. But you know, a lot of my friends were just ecstatic about you know, I mean not just about Trump leaving, but about, you know, Kamala Harris is our first female vice president, you know? So, like I said, I'm not going to be- And uh, with Biden being the oldest president ever, she might just end up being president within four years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's that's how Gerald Ford became president, you know? He became president because he was Nixon's VP who came on after Spiro Agnew got, uh, I don't remember if he was uh, arrested or if he quit, but I mean, he was deep in that corruption. And then uh, next thing you know, he wasn't vice president no more. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So now uh, the highlights on Joe Biden's executive orders. Okay. Okay. these are the ones, and then they, they kind of broke them down into little sections. So this is the one that concerning the uh, the coronavirus pandemic, of course, it should be first and foremost on people's minds because now we've passed the 400,000 death mark. Okay. So Biden, and I'm gonna try to, gl- I'm gonna try to gloss over these. I don't wanna do a whole big block of reading. Biden's requiring the use of masks and social distancing in all federal buildings on federal lands and by federal employees and contractors. Now. The reason why he, he can only do it on the federal level is because that's the extent of his powers as far as executive orders go in this case. You know, it's like what happened with Obama and the minimum wage. Minimum wage is still $7.25. Obama was able to raise it to like $10 for um, people doing business with the government. But Congress has to be the one to pass a minimum wage across the board. Okay. And he says he is challenging all Americans. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's big. I want you to say that again. Wh- uh, which part? Congress can be the one that passed a federal minimum wage rise yes. across the board. Yes. So if so for and a And you nat- would wonder why a house controlled by the house, I mean, by the Democrats, <laughs> I'm so confused, haven't put that on a paper. They're worried about the the great green deal and they're worried about, you know what I'm saying, whatever else they're worried about. Well, now, I wonder why that wasn't paramount. We've been stuck at seven twenty-five since nineteen ninety-six. I don't know. I'm not at a computer. 
that, that sounds huh? about right. But I will say this, I, I and don't quote me on this part of it. I think uh, a fifteen dollar minimum wage did pass the House, and I'll have to double check that. But it got buried in the Senate. Like there is a ton of bills that Mitch McConnell buried. And when I say buried, means that he wouldn't even bring them up for a vote because he didn't want his people being on the record as saying no to these things. So his so his whole deal was we're just going to bury it. So now let's just say they bring a fifteen dollar minimum wage again. Let's say it doesn't pass in the Senate. Now you have people who are going to be on record as to okay, why did you block a fifteen dollar minimum wage? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not with that fifteen dollar minimum wage shit. I don't think somebody who works at McDonald's should be getting fifteen fucking dollars. I don't think somebody who works at this gas station who picks his boogers and wipes his ass with fucking Kleenex should be fucking working at a fucking getting fifteen fucking dollars. I don't well, think that a motherfucking porno star who has sex on camera should be paid $15 an hour. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things I don't believe and $15 is one of them. If you want more money, you should at least try or get a trade, get a certification, get a degree, get a licensure. You know what I'm saying? That's my belief. And that's why I think I might be more Republican than Democrat because I don't believe in throwing money at things to fix them. I believe that the people should be in power and not the government. Well, why can't it be both? It can be both. It can be both to some degree, but why, why are we giving money away for free? It's not really for free. Figure it like this. It $15 costs- fucking dollars? I didn't make $15 until my first degree of my associate degree. Then clear 16 until my second degree, right? my actual completion of an associate degree. I think I would have been stuck around 12 13 $14 with just my high school degree or my GED if I had that. I, just, I believe education, or maybe I was just tricked, culturally influenced, because we were always taught, if you graduate with a high school degree, expect to make this much of the average on the course of your life. If you graduate with a bachelor's degree, expect to make this much more. And it was a significant amount more. And it made you happy, like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But I think this will cause us to be more stupid. But anyways, I digress. Well, I'll put it like this before I move on. I think I mentioned this before on the show, but I was having a conversation with my niece because she posted a meme. My niece is a EMT, right? And when they were talking about the $15 minimum wage, she, she made a meme or well, posted a meme about like, why should uh, burger flippers make as much money as I make? And I said, well, you're looking at it the wrong way. It's, you shouldn't be saying, why are burger flippers making as much money as me? It's why aren't you making more money? Because as an EMT, you should be making way more than $15 an hour because you have a trained- Hell yeah, they save your fucking life. They should be making like 25, 30, 35, 40, easy. Now, I, I now, was saved by EMT. So hats off to your niece. I respect you and I salute you and thank you for your service. Now, keep in mind, I don't know how much money she makes, but I'm just saying, but just in, in the scale of that- If mean, she's in New York, she gets 23.50 minimum. She's not in New York. <laughs> and I have no clue. Yeah, she's not, she's not in New York. She, she's in Georgia. So- but, oh, you know, hell no. Let me tell you about Georgia. Georgia, she probably does get 15. And let me tell you why. I remember seeing when I was trying to move to Georgia, 
I remember seeing a master level clinician job posted at $28 an hour. I'm not lying. $18.50 an hour. So we're talking about less than 20 And this is a person with a master's who helps people with suicide and mental health issues and addiction issues. So we're talking about computer, compute. What is that, Mert? $28,000, $30,000 a year? About that, yeah. Which is not really enough to live on these days. You know, I, I, I basically... And they say, oh, Georgia has a different cost of living. And yeah, that's true. You can really, really get a mansion for about $300,000, $350,000. Still and yet. Our food costs the same as their food costs the same as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Their food, their um, their, their, their gas costs as much as anybody else's. Utilities, electricity costs the same as much as anybody else's. I don't think that should. I don't think the same job I have here that I get forty five for shouldn't be eighteen fifty two states over. Yeah, and it you know I mean we are the United States of America, and every state runs things a little bit differently. When I was working construction in New York. Um, I was in a union. They start you at 20 bucks an hour. Depending on the borough you work on, if you work a city job, it could be as high as 24 bucks an hour. And that's just me as a laborer. Laborers are the bottom of the barrel. If you were like an operating engineer, you're probably making like 35, 40 bucks an hour if you're in a union. When I was in Maryland, you know, I was looking, I was in between jobs and I was looking up uh, construction jobs. And I'm like, all right, well, me, I mean, they're not union jobs out here, but maybe if they pay like 17, 18, I could still swing it. Nope. $10 an hour for the same work I was doing for $20 an hour in New York. Every state does things differently. Now, there is a distinct difference in the cost of living in New York <laughs> than down here. Well, but then, but then Ooh, again. I remember when I was trying to be a, a rapper on the East Coast because I came, I was a rapper in the South. And I wanted to be more influential. I wanted, you know, I wanted to work with the Bomb Squad. You know what I'm saying? I just really thought that the work they did with PE and Ice Cube was phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about moving to New York. Um, woo! <laughs> woo! <laughs> my current closet in my bedroom would go for about 1300 right now in New York. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. You know, I, I was talking to my dad the other day and I was telling him, like, we grew up in a, uh, a two-family brownstone. Like, we were, we were on the bottom floor, then there was another family on the top floor, right? You figure, uh, my dad at one point owned that brownstone. You know, he eventually, he, he bought the brownstone. And then, you know, after we moved to Long Island, but he didn't really like being a landlord because he didn't like people's dumbass excuses. So he ended up selling it, right? I looked it up. Uh, about a month ago, just on a whim, I, I looked it up, you know, I just want to see what the old place looked like, right? See what they did anything different with it. And it actually had a real estate listing. You know how much that thing sells for now? That the, the the two family brownstone that we lived in as kids, which basically- In your is, mind, how much, how much was the brownstone back in that day? Let's say that was the 80s, maybe? Now that, now that I still need to find out, but you figure if a, a construction worker could buy a brownstone, you know, it mm-hmm. probably couldn't have cost that much. Now, that same property is going for $1.4 million. Mm-hmm. $1.4 You know, that's, that's, that makes sense. I remember my grandmother's house. Two bed, no, yeah, two bedroom, one bath. That was a great, it's an old person house, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Anyways, um, her and her husband bought it for about 14 G's. This had to be 
when did Frank build that house? He actually built the house. It cost fourteen thousand dollars to build. Anyways, this was, had to be seventies. It had to be in the seventies. Yeah, because they compressed what he did. Because he converted an old old house, which might have been only worth five thousand, upgraded with the brick, and it became about fourteen thousand. Okay, my grandmother passed in two thousand six. That same house sold for three forty thousand, three hundred and forty thousand. And this is a bumfuck town called Dillon, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yet the pay that we get doesn't equate to what we would have to pay to acquire such property. The pay right. that we get doesn't equate to the cars we want to drive or would like to drive. I remember my dad, my mom, my dad, he loved, he loved Toyota Supras. That was his car. Every three years, he got a new Toyota Supra. This motherfucker was an addict for this fucking car. And I thought the car was ugly as shit. But anyway, that's what I wanted to be. I thought he should get a Beetle. To Beetles, to me, was the shit. You know what I'm saying? But right. I digress. <laughs> that, so, anyways, he was only like a... When he first started getting these cars, he was like an E2, E3, E4. So he might have brought home $1,300, $1,400 a month. You know what I'm saying? Right now, you look at a Supra. Supra might go for thirty G sweet. You know what I'm saying? Back then, it might have been I don't know fourteen. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what they was going for. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> but I know that night and day for cars. There was this car I wanted. It was an ugly ass little gremlin car. I think it was called a, a Yugo thirty eight oh. nine three yeah. three thousand eight hundred and ninety dollars. You can't find no car. You can't find no brand new car right now for no three thousand eight hundred and ninety dollars. No matter, even if it was ugly as a Yugo, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, those cars. Are so that's what it is. It's like we our pay doesn't equate to the changes in the world, to the cost of inflation, and Congress need to be. But yet, Congress's pay does. They definitely adjust their salaries in order to to equal out to that. You know what I'm saying? And 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 there's no shame in it because. I mean, I'm I'm saying that there's no shame in their game because they have to hold a vote to raise their pay, you know? And yeah, you, there'll be some dissenters who will say, yeah, we don't need any more money. But usually when they vote to raise their own pay, it usually passes. But when it comes time to do it for the American people, it's a different matter altogether. So now that we have a thin control over the Senate and a control over the House, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, now um, I'm going to skip to the rest of these real quick. Okay. Cause I, I didn't want to, you know, be on for too long, but the mask requirement, uh, he wants to get us back into the world health organization because Donald Trump withdrew it from the world health organization over the, over the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we're going to be back in the Paris climate accord. Now, being back in the Paris Climate Accord is not going to be the end-all, be-all for our global warming issues, but it was a huge setback for Trump to take us out of the Paris Climate Accord. And he did that because he's getting all that money from gas and oil. So being back in the Paris Climate, the Paris Climate Accord is a step in the right direction. Okay. Now, one thing uh, that I can always say about Obama is that he was always strong about the environment. And he basically nixed the whole thing about the Keystone uh, XL pipeline. Of course, Trump pushed it through. But now uh, he is going to 
uh, and this is from uh, in the, this is from the article. Biden's day one plans also include a temporary moratorium on new Trump administration oil and gas leasing in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, uh, moving to revoke a presidential permit for the Keystone XL oil and gas pipeline and reviewing a Trump administration freeze on vehicle mileage and emission standards. We talked about this on the show a couple years back about uh, Obama's program, the Cash for Clunkers, right? And I talked about how it was a program that was definitely designed by a first year president because there were a lot of problems with the program as far as the workings of the program, right? But one thing that it did do is it sought to get a lot of uh, gas guzzlers off the street and then let people get more economic cars. So in other words, to raise the miles per gallon so that people are using less gas, you know? And it's, it's a major step toward, you know, fighting climate change is putting, uh, cars with less emissions on the street. If you ever get a chance, Blue, there's a documentary came out, uh, I think in the late 90s called uh, Who Killed the Electric Car, right? Watch it when you get a chance. It's an excellent documentary. It's basically the documentary that got me watching documentaries. But they talked- you said, who killed the, you said who killed the electric car? Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. And, uh, one of the reasons why the electric car started to catch on is because of California, because their air was barely breathable. You know, it's kind of like China's air now, you know, like when you look and you just see like all that smog, like they had a, you probably see a meme about the New York skyline in the seventies and the New York skyline now, you know, as far as like uh, clearing up the emissions and stuff like that. So California was in a bad way to the point where like kids were getting like uh, respiratory diseases from breathing the air. And one of the things that helped was the advent of the electric car. And of course, long story short, you know, uh, oil and gas had a hand in stifling the electric car because they, you know, they wanted to keep on making that money. I told the story, I think it was last year about um, the Koch brothers interfering in a whole nother state's uh, election because they were trying to expand public transportation. And I guess the Koch brothers figured, hey, we make money off of car parts and asphalt and all that other stuff. So if they're, um, if this program catches on across the country, we're gonna lose money. So they actually spent money to nix this whole program. Uh, it was one of the Southern states as far as getting that program out there. So those are actually good rollbacks on the, on the Biden administration, right? Do you think Biden will be strong enough to say no more lobbyist influences and just nix lobbying period? No. Would that clean up the act of um, the government? No, I don't think Biden's that. I mean, to me, but Biden... would it, if it happened, if you was able to say that as a president, if you was able to stand strong and say government would stand outside of the influence of money, do you think that would change some of the things that's going on in our world? I think it would change some of it. Yes, because you figure it like this. Oh, there'll probably be a lot of back dealing. Like, hey, I get this on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what do they call that? Not extortion, but 
bribing, I guess. Yeah. Figure it like this. Because I don't think there's no way, I don't think there's no reason why a senator should walk, should, you know, they come in and they make $200,000, whatever they make, a year, and then 10 years into their career, you know, they're on Forbes from, you know, being like, at, you know, 27 or $30 million a year. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know that's because they're making deals with lobbyists. You know some of the decisions that they're making. It's so asinine to us, but if somebody's feeding your back pocket, hey, I'm 93 years old. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting money well, for my family, eh, say? That That's how Obama made his money from, you know, uh, the lobbyists and stuff like that, you know, after he became president and the deals he cut with them. And plus, you know, he had a, next, he had a Netflix deal and all that other stuff. People like Dianne Feinstein and... Uh, Nancy Pelosi and all them, they made a lot of their money on insider trading because they have information that, you know, if you're part of certain committees, you have information that other people don't have. And if you're savvy about speaking, it, you do it under the radar. Speaking of insider trade, I mean, they, 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 they didn't get Martha Stewart. It, so, I mean, what are they able to do to get, you know, to, to avoid that trap? Well, basically because they're part of the government. Now I know I know what you're but thinking. Inside of trading is legal, illegal across the board. And speaking of that, let's do a quick segue if you don't mind. Sure. What happened to that North Carolina representative that was caught for insider trading? As far as I know, that's still ongoing. You talk about Richard Burr. Okay. That's still Richard ongoing. Richard Burr. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Burr. Our, our, our resident cockroach. <laughs> so. He, he, Burr reserved that word for us. He would consider himself a white rat. <laughs> so, um, now here, you know, here's a part of Biden's uh, bills that are that are that people get touchy about, and that's immigration. Okay, now one thing he wants to do is to end the Muslim travel ban. We shouldn't have had a Muslim travel ban in the first place because it was a very selective ban by Donald Trump. He basically just didn't do Muslim ban on countries that he does business with. So it wasn't like, okay, we're banning all from, from all these Muslim majority countries. If Trump has a golf course in your country, you can still come on in and everyone else can kick rocks. So I think that ending that Muslim ban is a good thing. Okay. Um, the border wall says Biden is immediately ending the national emergency that Trump declared on the border in February 2018 to divert billions of dollars from the Defense Department to wall construction. You figure Donald Trump in all his, his time in office only put up about 40 miles of, of wall that you could just easily climb. Matter of fact, one of the people who he pardoned, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon went to prison or at least was, uh, was going to prison because he started a uh, fund like to get donations from people to build a wall, and he basically just spent the money. And build one, and build one mile of wall with that money. He basically just spent the money. He he uh, he he fleeced people, and he's and he should be in prison. But Donald Trump released them because you know they're both thieves. So why wouldn't he look out for his fellow thief? Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. Uh, DACA. Biden will order his cabinet to work to preserve the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, which, which has shielded hundreds of thousands of people who came to the country as young children 
from deportation since it was introduced in 2012. DACA is one of those things where I will say I was against it before I was for it. I was against it until I read it. And after I read it, then I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Because you figure these children were brought here uh, through no fault of their own. And they grew up in this country. It's the only country they've ever really known. And if you're on DACA, you're on, uh, uh, you're, you're on the strict scrutiny. You know, if you're not a productive member of, of society, you got to go. So most of them, they own homes. They, uh, they have good jobs. You know, they're, they're solid citizens. Because they have to be or they get deported. <laughs> not, mean to, not mean to make light of it, but, you know. Um, here we One go. point I didn't like about what Biden, you know, signed executive order for. Every, I think I read somewhere where it says everybody who was here before, I don't know, such and such date, 21, so it was this year. Yeah. I think it was tomorrow, to be honest, is able to be transitioned to citizenship. And it, 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 it's like a count of like 12 million. 11, ah, 11 now, million. I don't know. Does it, does, it, does it ease the ability to transition to a citizen? Does it make you a citizen automatically, right? No, no, it doesn't make you a citizen automatically. It just gives you a path to citizenship. So in other words, um, they'd be able to apply to become citizens. They wouldn't automatically. So I, I have a real problem with that, as well as Ricard, maybe. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised your father didn't mention something about it. Um, but I, because it was, I come from Haiti. So um, when we came here to this country, um, it was very hard, very hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they treated us very, very badly. Um, at one point we were sent, we, we actually were sent here. We came here two, three times and really only was able to stay, was able to manifest to be able to stay the third time. Uh, I never told the story, really. I don't tell the story often. And it's just like how, how punitive they were to us coming from what they consider a third world country. What they don't realize about Haiti is that we had independence for our slaves a hundred years before America. You know what I'm saying? We right. fought our oppressors and won our independence. And because of that, we were sanctioned and still to this day, pay France. But I digress. I just think that if you come here illegally, well, you know, I don't know. Because, you know, in a way, when I came, when I was coming up, when I, was, when I grew up, they always said that, you know, come to America, land of the free, and the, the Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. Yeah, so I, I swear, I, so I changed my mind. Yeah, I think that is a great, great, great measure. More so, that was the dream that I was sold through propaganda in my native country. What do they used to say that the streets are paved with gold? <laughs> right. That, and that you could be anything you want. And that, you know what I'm saying? If you worked hard. And, and I believe, now, you know, for the most part, that is true. You know what I'm saying? But well, just for I, us to I, be I able to stay this. here versus my father, who could have came here at any point and been straight. But because he had a Haitian family, my mother, her children, that wasn't the case. You know what I'm saying? I, I will say this. It's not that it, uh, it used to be true. It used to be that if you worked hard, uh, you can get by. You figure you had a whole generation of people back in the 50s and 60s who were supporting families with factory jobs. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to have a college education to be able to put a roof over Zoom your- out, man. Zoom out, man. You had a period 
into our country and which one income was able to provide for our household the, right. that the other partner did not have to work. I don't know a single family, well, maybe a couple of engineers, that right. <laughs> can adequately survive on one income. The housing costs too much. The cars cost too much. Clothing costs too much. Food costs too much. I would love, yeah. I would love to commit to a one income household and have the ability for the other person to make income and just save it. But it really just depended on the one person's income. And maybe that's the fault of America. Maybe we set ourselves up to always upgrade and therefore we're always in the hole. I don't I, know. I, I, I wouldn't, that, that, that is part of it. But another part of it is, of course, uh, wages not going up with inflation. I'll put it like this. My mom, uh, you know, when we were kids, she was a stay-at-home mom. So my dad, uh, his one income basically put a roof over our heads, uh, fed uh, eight kids, and, uh, you know, we were doing good. My mom only started working because she was bored, because we were getting older, we could take care of ourselves, and she had nothing to do all day. So she started working. And when we when she first started working, her her paycheck was basically just Sunday dinner money, right? But eventually, as time went on and Reaganomics set in, right, that built that Sunday dinner money became bill paying money. You know what I mean? Because the, the as the as the gamers say, because the meta shifted. So it was it was getting to the point where you couldn't survive a one income anymore. You know. Your, your spouse had to work. So we had the luxury of being a stay-at-home, you know, of being the kids of a stay-at-home mom. Like we knew how to read before we even went to school because mom taught us how to read because she had all the time in the world, you know? Now you can't do that. I have a friend of mine who told me he, they tried to do the single income thing and it didn't work out. So his wife's got a job, but now all her money was going to childcare because childcare is so expensive. So most of her check that she's earning is going to childcare. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? So, but um, on the, on the deportation thing, says Biden is revoking one of Trump's first executive orders, which declared that all of the roughly 11 million people in the country illegally are considered priorities for deportation. The Department of Homeland Security will conduct a review of enforcement priorities Biden's campaign site says deportations will focus on national security and public safety threats. So what that means in a nutshell is that, yes, if you're here illegally, I mean, if you get caught, you get caught. But unless you are a threat to the public or a threat to national security, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I, I, I'll say this, Blue. I am a, I'm against illegal immigration 100%. That's, that's, the, that's the Republican in me, but I am 1000% pro-refugee. So I have a soft spot for refugees. And I'm just like, come on in. And people, and you know how, how some of these Republicans get, oh, would you want Syrian refugees living across from you? Uh, yeah, why not? Because if you're a refugee, you're less likely to commit crime because you don't want to get deported. Well, I don't think technically we were considered refugees, but we were escaping some pretty, pretty hard times, especially my dad coming from Cuba. That was, you know, 
Yeah. He was a political prisoner, you know what I'm saying? He was on some other shit. I mean, we were just, you know, I don't know. Almost, I don't want to say it's a, I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to talk off you, Blue. I, I wouldn't no, say coming from Cuba is a slam dunk as far as falling for asylum. But I mean, with the conditions over there are, are, are pretty public, you know? If you file for asylum, it does not mean that you're automatically going to become a citizen or, or get a path to citizenship. Basically, they have to hear your case. So if you now, and what Trump did is, uh, let's just say you're coming from Guatemala, right? And you come up through Mexico and you come into the U.S. through a legal port of entry. You are allowed to come into the U.S. through a legal port of entry and apply for asylum. And then one of two things will happen. Number one, they'll either uh, detain you or if you know someone, like let's just say uh, somebody came from, I'm just, I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Let's just say I had a cousin come from uh, Dominica, right? And they applied for asylum, right? I could just say, yo, you could stay with me. Instead of having to stay at their center, you could stay with me. I, I would sign up and I would vouch for that person and then make sure that they make it to court for their court date, right? Then they review your case. And then if they find out, if, they, if you could prove that your life is in danger, then you could stay. They give you a visa, you could stay. If not, then you have to go home. But you don't automatically become a citizen if you apply for asylum. That's just Republican horseshit that they say to scare people into being against refugees. I am all for refugees, especially if you come from a country that America ruined. Like, oh, I don't know, Central America. <laughs> so, um, you know, with their, with their war on drugs. So. Um, oh, here's another thing that Trump was trying to, to mess up. The census. It says Biden's reversing a Trump plan to exclude people in the country uh, illegally from being counted in the 2020 census. Now, I know people have mixed feelings about that because if you're in a country illegally, it's almost like you're playing the game. You know that at any time, if you get caught, they'll, they, they'll, they'll send you home, right? I saw, uh, you ever watched all those old Cheech and Chong movies? And it was kind of a dig on how easy it is for, you know, supposedly back in the 70s, how easy it was in the well, 70s and 80s, how easy it was for Mexicans to just get into the country. They had um, a raid in their neighborhood, right, of uh, INS. That, they were called INS back in the days. Im immigration National, National License. Ah, Immigration National, National License. Oh, Jesus Christ. INS. <laughs> and... Basically, Cheech was telling uh, Chong, oh, oh, don't worry about it. They called immigration on themselves because there was a wedding in Mexico and they called INS so they can get a free ride into Mexico for the wedding. And you see them getting loaded onto the buses. They're all wearing their Sunday suits <laughs> and their nice dresses and getting on the bus and getting a free ride to Mexico. And they figure, yeah, we'll just come back over the border whenever, you know. Right now, immigration with Mexico is like at a, uh, I think they called it a net negative, which basically means there are more people uh, leaving the US and going to Mexico than the other way around. 
but there was a rise in people filing for asylum. So of course, Fox News uses that to, uh, and all of a sudden Lindsey Graham was on TV the other day, just the other day, talking about how there's a new caravan forming at the, at the border. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Lindsey, you fucking jackass. How many times do you think that's gonna work? You know what they call that in, in video games? Diminishing returns. If you use the same thing over and over, it's not gonna work as much. So it's, you know, but I mean, if you are here, I mean, yes, I don't believe in illegal immigration, but if you are here, you should be counted. Ah, here's a good one, student debt. Okay, here's a good one. I know we're almost out of time, so I'm gonna to try to go through this a little bit quickly. Biden is asking the education department to extend a pause on federal student loan payments through at least September 30th. Continuing a moratorium that began early in the pandemic, but was set to expire at the end of January. Now I will say this, when I went to go pay my student loans, they had me pushed over into April. So I was like, I don't know if that's a, that's a null net thing or if that was a, a government thing. But I was getting ready to pay and they were like, no, you don't got to pay us until April. And I'm like, well, that's good because then I have time to reapply for my uh, income, income driven loan thing. Uh, let me see here. Oh, housing foreclosures. Uh, Housing foreclosures and evictions would be delayed until at least March 31st of 2021. It says almost 12% of homeowners with mortgages are, are late on their payments while 19% of renters are behind. The federal moratoriums would ensure that people could stay in their homes even if they cannot afford their monthly bills. Biden is also calling on Congress to extend assistance to renters. So now, I will say this, you know, all the stuff that Biden's talking about so far, these executive orders, it's a good start. I can't really find too much fault with any of it. You know, the real thing is, but the problem is executive orders only have but so much power. The real thing is, what are we going to get through Congress and uh, what are we going to get through Congress, through the House and the Senate? Are there going to be people like Joe Manchin who are going to jump on the Republican side? and block those uh, $1,400 payments. Now the $1,400 payments is funny because AOC and Cori Bush and Jamal Bowman were getting on Biden because when he was stumping in Georgia, right? He told the people of Georgia, yeah, well, when we, uh, you, you vote for Ossoff and Warnock and we're gonna get you $2,000 checks. And then they passed that $600 thing uh, up, you know, at the new year. And now Biden was like, yeah, that's gonna be 1400 because he's like, all right, well, we already gave you 600. So now we just owe you 1400 more. <laughs> and AOC and all of them were just like, nah, Joe, you said 2000, it's 2000. Let me put it like this, okay? When all, the, all these people who are all, who are all of a sudden worried about the debt and the deficit. Here's the thing, if you owed $800, right? As a normal, ordinary person, you owe $800. And then you do something and now you owe $3,000. That's a, that's a lot of money, right? That's a huge jump to have to worry about, right? If you owe 
$26 trillion. And now all of a sudden now it's $30 trillion? Who gives a fuck? It's trillions of dollars that you owe. When are you ever gonna pay that back? Never. You're never gonna pay that back. So the whole, so all these people who are bitching about, oh my God, we owe $18 trillion and now we're gonna owe 24 trillion. Who gives a shit? You can't even count to a trillion in your lifetime. And you were not worried about that trillion when you did something, when you bailed out the housing market or when you bailed out these big businesses in the auto industry and all that stuff. Now you're going to, because the people who actually pay into the system that pays you want a little relief. Now you want to get concerned about it? Who the fuck do we owe the money to anyway? We owe it to ourselves, don't we? <laughs> now we do owe it to other countries. You know what? Then I don't I don't quote Dennis Miller often, but he was like, he was like talking about the debt. Like, who do we owe this money to? And whoever it is, whoever we owe it to, fuck it, don't pay them. <laughs> I'll put it like this, right? Uh, the one thing I will nitpick is uh, about the uh, the bailout of the auto industry. They actually paid that money back, and and they paid it back early because you remember like all those. Uh, American auto companies had that big uh, boost after the bailout. They actually paid the money back with interest. That's one of the few times where a bailout worked out in our favor. But all the other times... Okay, what about these airlines? When they bailed out the airlines, and then I heard that the airlines bought their own stock and didn't do anything for their people. And I might have just heard that. That right. might have not even been true. Right. But... No, 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 no. That, that is true. That's exactly... They did all those stock buybacks. You know, and that's why. And I need to, if you could do the re, I ain't gonna ask you to do the research, but if you happen to know which airlines did that or if they all did that, then that just won't be something I would do anymore. You know what I'm saying? But if there was any specific ones that did that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. If, I like, want an excuse not to fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? I need an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the big airlines did it. I'm not sure if like JetBlue or Spirit or any or Southwest did that. But all the big airlines, yeah, they did they did all that stock buyback stuff. Because it basically just artificially boosts the price of their stock to make it seem like, oh, okay. You know, I almost said Pan Am. They haven't existed in many years. <laughs> but um, you know, like Delta and all them, like they just boosted, they just artificially boosted the price of their own stock. And the fact that they were allowed to do that is crazy. But like I said, it's just gonna, it's all gonna depend on what they could pass through Congress. Well, here's the thing, right? And I'm hoping that Joe goes back on this and Kamala is probably gonna put pressure on Joe to do this because at first Chuck Schumer, I know we only got a couple minutes left. With Chuck Schumer, he was like, okay, I know I'm getting primaried. So I better act like a progressive or else they're going to primary me and, I'll, and I might lose, right? So now he was calling on Joe Biden to cancel student debt, right? Cancel it all together. And I think that uh, it was floating around that they should just cancel like for every person. Now, I, don't, I think this might've been somebody's uh, campaign strategy, right? instead of just wiping out all the student debt to just wipe out every person who has student debt, just wipe out $50,000 worth of debt, right? I will say this, 
I could live with that. Because for most people, $50,000 would wipe out their debt completely. And then for others, I mean, unless you are in like, unless you have like a, a master's degree where you owe like three, $400,000, uh, $50,000 for most people would either wipe their debt or it would make them, it would make it manageable so they could pay it off in, in their lifetime. Only people who wouldn't help are people who owe like, if you went to law school and you owe like 400 grand, but then again, if you go to law school, you probably make the money to pay it back. Because you're either gonna be a, a partner in a big firm or if you work for the city, then there's probably gonna be a program where they will help you pay it off. Because I, I, I know someone I know, uh, she was a lawyer and she basically worked for the city for years because they helped her pay off her student loans. But Joe Biden at one point was talking about, uh, well, we'll just, we'll just do $10,000. $10,000 won't do jack shit for most people. $10,000 won't even, won't even get them past their interest. So I don't know if Joe just having a senior moment or if that's his plan, but if he's gonna, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ambassador about this. If he's talking about $10,000, you may as well just keep it because it ain't gonna help. I'll take the 50 grand. <laughs> but $10,000, like it, it's not even worth the, the, the check that you're going to write it on because that ain't helping nobody. Because, and, and I'm not going to go all dour on Joe Biden. I'll do that next week. <laughs> Let's give him a week to actually do some. I figure, I don't expect, I mean, outside of executive orders, everybody's just getting set up, you know, figuring out what they're going to do. I'm not going to start like being like, oh, well, Joe Biden's been president for three days. Why is everything still the same? We'll give him a little bit of time to get it together. You know, it'll be, a, it'll be good to have a president who doesn't tweet uh, 18 times a day. Well, I see 18 times an hour. It'll be nice to have that. So we'll see what happens. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? Uh-oh. Did I lose Mr. Blue? I think I lost Mr. Blue. Well, until he comes back, I will just say this, okay? No, I was running my lottery numbers. What I was saying was, <laughs> with the lottery being at... <laughs> with the lottery being at North Carolina Powerball Power Play Lottery being at $730 million, with the Mega Millions being at $970 million. Get your money, player. <laughs> I, I will say this. I actually did play uh, this morning. I did put in uh, a few bucks worth of quick pick to get a, uh, you know, I figured why not, you know. I still had some money left over. I, I play, uh, you know, Cash Five and uh, Lucky for Life, and I had like eighteen dollars sitting in the account, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just play a few bucks worth of quick picks. Why not?" I played lottery since that was legal in New London, Connecticut, where I came from, and I the most I've ever won was sixteen dollars. 
fuck really? the lottery. But I was, I'm really, I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> I'm going to wish about it. Because I just want to bless my circle. I want to bless Merck. I want to bless Odie. I mean, nothing crazy. You know, I get Merck a house. He don't want a car for some reason. I'll, get, I'll pay off oh, Odie's nice. house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Invest in her app to make it go big. You know what I'm saying? Right. Dan, of course, that's my brother. He gets a house. You know what I'm saying? He's moving to, he's moving to the area. and He just had a, a baby boy. Um, he has a beautiful family. I've known them for years on top of years. Mercedes, that's been my heart since 2009, of course. You know, she gets a house. You know what I'm saying? I'll invest in her media company because she's going to be making movies as soon as we figure out what this pandemic is going to do. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to, you know, Amber Card, you know, uh, I'll entice him with a house, bring him back to the East Coast. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you still doing in Arizona? We got a million dollar house here. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. He might come back for that. I mean, who wouldn't want to be free of, let's see, I pay fourteen seventy five for rent. Who wouldn't want to be free of that debt? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? I just told you, fucking play the lottery. Bye. Like if I'm the lottery, like if I'm winning the lottery, how am I supposed to retire? The, um, no, what else? What else is there to talk about? We're playing the fucking lottery, man. That's, that's, you know what that's, that's my retirement fund lottery tickets. Like one, win. I will say, hey, I never has it ever been this high ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I will say it's this. almost a billion. I think it's a billion on top of this. Yeah, like the mega million, I think if, it don't, if nobody wins, which I don't see how that's even possible mathematically, because if you buy every ticket, you would, admit, you would win because all the numbers equal up to way more than 730 million. I mean, way less than 730 million by the mathematical calculations. If somebody just went big, went hungry, you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know who we, I wouldn't want to take that chance. Because what if 25 people won and you only get a, a pinch of what you thought you was going to get after you invested all that money to buy up all every combination of tickets possible? You know what I mean? Right. And plus now it takes a two bucks a piece now. So it's not even like it's a dollar. Oh, well, shit. Well, damn. Yeah, and I told this bitch, Powerball, quick pick. This bitch gave me a $2 ticket. I should go back and say, bitch, I didn't ask for this. My ticket cost me dollars. So now I don't have the Powerball on my ticket. I just got a regular lottery. So I won't be able to win if I did win, if I got every number. I wouldn't get the big amount. I'd get a way smaller amount. No, you'll still get the big amount. I, if, if I'm right, that power boost only works if uh, for the lesser prizes. So if you win a jackpot, you're still going to win the full jackpot. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, they're not going to short you on the jackpot. But you have the option to either take the full jackpot and they just pay you like annually or to, or to cash out, which would be like a, maybe like a, a couple hundred million dollars less to cash out. And of course, that's not including taxes. It's tonight. The draws tonight. My numbers suck dick. I mean, these numbers are fucking garbage. Garbage. This it's shit you, is garbage. It, that's why the quick pick, because it's usually the garbage numbers that win. <laughs> garbage <laughs> I, I'll put it like this in this economy if you ain't playing the lottery you're probably not going to retire <laughs> at least not retire when you're 65 so there you go there you go alright what were your final words 
Actually, my final words, just very simply, uh, please, 400,000 people are dead. You know, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, we have people close to us who lost loved ones to COVID. I have uh, one of my friends who I grew up with. Uh, his dad just passed away a couple of days ago from COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been an absolutely brutal week for people who I care about, you know, losing loved ones to COVID-19. So, I mean, wear your goddamn masks. This is not a game. 400,000 people are dead. Okay. No one gives a shit about your, your, your made up freedoms. Wear your goddamn mask and social distance. Or else we're just going to be going through this forever and ever. So. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies in 360 degrees, giving you the news you can use so you can't lose. Also, don't forget about our, our parents, I mean, our sister company, More Than Therapy, hosting such hit shows such as She Said, He Said, and A Man's Perspective as well as its own interviews and stuff. And that's the More Than Therapy podcast, if you haven't already subscribed to that. If you're into traveling or thinking about traveling or just want to travel in your mind, don't forget about our other sister company, Sardines LLC. Um, What is her company? What is it called? What is it called? Well, just Google Sardines. uh, O's Odyssey, which is a uh, primary of Sardines LLC. So check out O's Odyssey. What other homies are we leaving out? The, 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 well, well, catch them in the description. I'll put them in the description. And um, be well, be out. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast available on all streaming podcasts, even ones you wouldn't think. Amazon, baby. We're on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised by, 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 by.